Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, welcome in to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast Thursday edition. Patrick Allen here with you as always to get you ready for the AFC Championship game for the sixth year in a row the Kansas City Chiefs will be playing to go to the Super Bowl and also to keep that Lamar Hunt trophy firmly in uh, Arrowhead Stadium. Joining me is our pal from Sports Illustrated, Matt Verderam. Verderam, how's your week going, man? It's going well. It's going well. I'm enjoying the snows melting outside. And uh, yeah, other than that, it's, uh, it's been good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Been a bit of a busy week over here. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, you know, it really, the week's kind of gone fast for me. And it's, um, I can't believe it's already, you know, the Thursday show and we're looking at the AFC championship game. And I really, for me, I guess, obviously Super Bowl weekend is, is, is such a, a celebration of, of what we do all year covering the sport. And um, obviously we hope the Chiefs are in it and it's, it's fun if you're just a fan of football, but I do feel like there's something really awesome about championship weekend. No, I'm not saying it's it's better than the Super Bowl, but in some ways it's it's such a fascinating it's it's the last you, you know like it's who's gonna go the final four it's a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean I think uh, I always feel like divisional round is the best weekend in in football because you have the doubleheaders both days usually you have four really good games but Championship Sunday is awesome because Championship Sunday is the last Sunday where teams are at home and you have that atmosphere. The Super Bowl, I mean, if your team's in it, it's amazing. But, like, look, there's also a lot of, like, corporatization of the Super Bowl yeah. where, yeah, like, the Super Bowl is not for football fans. The Super Bowl is for America. The conference title games are for football fans. And so I do uh, I do really enjoy it, and I, I am very much looking forward to both these games. Yeah, and, you know, the divisional rounds are kind of up and down. Obviously, the Chiefs-Bills game was was the best game that we saw. Yeah. Um as, as we're heading into this one, are you expecting two really competitive games? Because I've seen everything from, yeah, man, these are going to be close to the Lions are going to get creamed and the Ravens are an all-time team and the Chiefs are just good and the line may not be high enough. What's your what's your take on what we're, what we're about to get into here? I think the Chiefs-Ravens game is going to be a close game. I, I mean, they're the two best defenses in football. It's going to be a close game. And I understand the whole, like, well, the Ravens have blinded all these teams. That's fine. That's true. Um, those teams aren't the Chiefs. Like, I I get it. I guess I look at it like this. If the Bills played the Ravens, if the Bills had won, would anybody think the Bills are going to lose by three scores in this game? Yeah. Probably not. And the Bills aren't as good as the Chiefs. So I think that it's going to be a game that probably comes down to the fourth quarter. And I think it's probably going to come down to how well the Chiefs can do in terms of taking care of the football and avoiding sacks. Um, and they're very, very questionable at one of those things, and they're very good at the other. Um, but I think it's a close game. The Niners-Lions game, 
I think it'll be a good game, but of the two, that's the one that I could see being like 30 to 13. But I, I, I think Detroit is going to hang in that game, and I wouldn't be totally shocked if they won it. I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be totally shocked. The Chiefs-Ravens game, I, I would be very surprised if that's not a one-score football game. Well, let's get to uh, kind of the injury report, which is is out for both teams for for Thursday. Um, the big news, obviously, that everybody's concerned about is is the status of Joe Tooney. He's got a pec strain, which is it's not the best news, but it's good news because it, it means the season is is not over. Uh, Adam Schefter reported yesterday that it's unlikely that Joe Tooney will play. However. The, the word coming out of Arrowhead is he's going to try like hell to be ready. This is a, you know, Joe Tooney's an, an NFL Iron Man. Uh, we've seen him play with a with a club on his on his hand. How do you feel? Like, do you do you think he'll 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 gut it out and insist on playing in this one, or is it just too soon? I mean, if you can play, I think you will. But um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those deals. Like, it's. It's somewhat pain management, but it's also like functionality. I mean, can you can you block? I mean, you're talking, you know, you're not trying to block like somebody who's 150 pounds here. I mean, you're trying to block, you know, Justin Matabuke. Okay, like you got to block grown men, 300 plus pounds, who have all the power in the world. Like you're gonna have to be able to use your pectoral muscles. Um, I don't know if he can go. And if you can't go, it obviously hurts. The same point, I think Nick Allegretti is a good player. I don't think he's Joe Tooney by any stretch of the imagination, but Nick Allegretti is a good football player. Like, they can survive without Tooney for a week. Now, it, does it make it harder? Absolutely. Is it not, is it not ideal? thousand percent. Yes. Could it wreck the game? Could. It could. But I think that, you know, I think sometimes Chiefs fans have like these like flashbacks of Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55. I mean, this is not that. This is one guy. This is not entirely shuffling of an offensive line. Um, I would expect that Allegretti can well, – I, I expect Allegretti to play. Um, I also think it's one of these things where is it impossible to doesn't practice all weekend and plays? No, it's not impossible. This is the AFC Championship game. This is in week four. So uh, I think that's all going to be factored in. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if he's out there. This is just – this is not based on anything. This is just me knowing Joe Tooney. Like, you know, they may hold him out, um, but that guy is a tough SOB. If he can, I, he'll be out there. Um, the Chiefs have a lot of guys on the injury report. But there's not too many alarming injuries no. on there. Uh, <laughs> Eric Noddy with the tricep injury continues to be a DMP. Sky Moore has not been practicing. Uh, with his with his knee injury, he's on IR. Trey Smith was sick and didn't practice yesterday, but was a full participant today. That's great news. And uh, some more good news: Mike Edwards, who had the concussion um, in the last game, did not practice on Wednesday. Was limited Thursday. That's great news. Now we've seen in the past people they can take a step back. So, but he has to move through the process of the concussion protocol and getting to limited activity. It means he has taken another step. So that's good news. Hopefully the Chiefs will have him out there. Uh, on the on the flip side of that, um, you get Willie Gay, who had that neck injury that took him out of the Bills game. He's been limited this week with a neck injury. Have you heard anything about his status heading into this one where you may figure the Chiefs want to use him to spy Lamar Jackson? I mean, I, I think, look, the fact that he's practicing is a pretty good sign. Um, yeah, I think it was Jeremy Fowler who reported that his x-rays were, were good. Um, so I think – 
I think overall it's probably a pretty good bet he plays. I mean, unless he unless he has a DMP on Friday, I would I would think Willie Gay is going to play. Now, is he limited in, in the game? Do they rotate him in a little bit more? You know, and and try to go with Chanel a little bit more at times, maybe. But I think he's going to play. I'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't play. Yeah. And then we've got, of course, Isaiah Pacheco. He's been a, did not practice for the last two days. He says he got an ankle and a toe. We all saw him finish that game against the Bills. Looked okay to me. Is this just? They're resting this guy's legs ahead of the biggest game of the year. Yeah, I mean, look, he's already said he's going to play in the game, and I, I think it's pretty much going to have to take like an amputation to keep Pacheco off the field in this game. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one. Even if it doesn't practice Friday, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Now we're on the the Ravens side. Mark Andrews, who's been out for a long time, uh, excellent tight end for the Ravens. Although Isaiah likely stepped in for him and has been doing very well uh, as well. He's been a full participant. Wednesday and Thursday. So it looks like he's going to be out there. How much he'll play, how much of an impact he'll have, how rusty he'll be, we don't know. But we know if, if he's out there, he's probably good to go. Uh, what about Rocky Sin? He was uh, limited with a knee injury on Wednesday, a DNP on Thursday. Do you think he's going to be out there? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, how, how much of a step back was it? You know, I mean, it's one of these things, man, at this time of year, like, who knows? I, I don't I don't mean to be glib about it, but like he might. I mean he might not. I mean, is Rocky Shin gonna be a difference in this game? With all due respect to Rocky Shin. Like, I mean, you know, he had he played in 14 games this year at 13 tackles. Like, he's Rocky Shin. I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal here. He had two passes defense and, and zero picks all year long. So I'm not uh, putting a whole hell of a lot of stock in uh, you know, whether or not Rocky Shin plays or not. Yeah, you know, look, uh, there's not a lot of guys on the Ravens in- injury report. Marlon Humphrey, obviously one to watch. who has been limited with a calf both days this week. But this, again, as we always talk about, these guys don't need to practice to play in this situation. Um, and it's more about going into this game as, as, as healthy as you possibly can be. And so if, you know, with Pacheco, if he's got a little swelling, he's a little sore, fine. He, 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 he He's not going to forget how to run the football if he doesn't practice this. Well, and just, again, like, look, I mean, I don't, you know, we, we don't have to beat this into the ground here, but, like, it's the AFC Championship game. Right. This isn't some throwaway game against, like, Cleveland, okay? Like, this is the AFC title game. They know that if they lose, their season's over, and if they win, they get two weeks of rest. I mean, they're, they're good. Like, believe me, if they can go, they're going. I mean, this is, you know, it's it's the time of year you want to be out there. I mean, you're playing to go to the Super Bowl, man. You're not out there playing it, you know, try to get the six and three. You know, I mean, it is what it, you're going out there. If you can play, you're going for it. You're absolutely going for it. And you know, look, uh, this is a this is for some of these guys the biggest spot in their career. I mean, you know, Pacheco won a Super Bowl last year. Willie Gay won a Super Bowl last year. You know, Edwards was in Tampa when they won, but like. Some of these guys were banged up, beat up, whatever. This is a shot to change your, uh, to change your whole career, to change, you know, or to, ha- or to even, even if it's not, to have the moment of a lifetime. You're going to go in this game if you can play. Yeah, uh, you're watching the Arrowhead Attic podcast. If you are new here, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, give us a, a review over there on Apple uh, Podcasts, and make sure that you you hit the notifications button. If you're subscribed on YouTube, when we go live, we'll have pre-show, halftime show, and all this. Over the weekend, uh, you want to make sure you don't miss a trick. We also want to let you know, before we go any further, uh, that um, DraftKings is offering a fantastic uh, sign-up bonus ahead of the conference championship. You can place a $5 first bet on anything 
to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no sweat single game parlay every single day when you opt in. Best part of this is that you receive both rewards even if your first bet loses. When you join DraftKings, make sure you sign up with our code, Arrowhead. Using our code Arrowhead not only gets you these great bonuses, but you're directly supporting this show. Uh, if you consider signing up for DraftKings, make sure you use the code Arrowhead to maximize your first bets and parlays. It's an offer that's only available to new customers who are 21 years and older, physically present in a legal gambling state. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check out the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. So before we get into the game, Verram, <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to run this one by you because it's just so batshit crazy to me that it's even being talked about, but it's being talked about. Uh, by like legitimate, like serious people. So, you know, our, our old pal Mike Florio over at Pro Football Talk has been sort of lowly banging the the Chiefs are what is the basically what he's been saying is that like Andy Reid could retire. He's not saying he is going to retire, but he's saying that it, people inside Arrowhead at least have it. He keeps using the term on their radar. Um, you know that. Hey, we need to know what we're going to do if Andy retires, essentially. And then there's this guy who's a really good coach who hit the open market this year. Uh, used to used to coach over in New England. You might have heard of him, Bill Belichick. And Adam Schefter goes on ESPN TV yesterday and says, "You know, Bill, he's interviewed with the with the Falcons. He hasn't gotten hired yet. It's Bill Belichick. He still wants to coach." And Adam Schefter suggests, is he waiting to see what happens with Andy Reid? Because, you know, Bill wants to be the the GOAT coach. He wants to have the all-time wins record. And if Andy Reid were to retire, if you were Bill Belichick and you had your pick of any team that you could go to, you'd go to Kansas City. It sounds crazy to me, but he's talking about it. What's your take on that? That all this is stupid, and I don't care. <laughs> That's my entire take on it. I don't. I just don't care. This entire thing has been kept up because one person who covers the league can't stop talking about it to a point that it's almost concerning. Yeah. Like, and I don't have anything against or for the guy. I don't care. I honestly don't. I've never had an interaction with the person outside of a few texts here and there. Like, I, I, I don't. I don't care. This story is just like out of like pure air at this juncture. There's no, I mean, based on what did he 66? I mean, Belichick 72 years old. Right. right. Like what, I mean, what is, what is the, the basis of it? I, I mean, look, this all started because last year Glazer put out a report that if they win the Super Bowl, it's going to be it and blah, blah, blah. And then Andy went up and I was at the presser in person sitting there. When Andy was like, yeah, I think Jay kind of misconstrued what I said a little bit. Like, I'm not looking to retire. And Andy Reid, like a month ago, came out and was like, yeah, like I'm having a great time. Like, I'm not looking to go anywhere. But none of that stops some of these people who just have nothing better to do but write articles about this stuff. It's the same thing with Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey emphatically came out and said he's not even thinking about retiring. And people just write it every day. I don't know. This could be it. You know, he's dating Taylor Swift. You're like, you understand that some of these other people have like wives and girlfriends too, right? Like they can also play football. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has a wife and two kids, and like yet he gets to work every day. I mean, it's just look, I think a lot of this stuff is just overblown. And with all due respect to Schefter, I gotta tell you, if the Chiefs, if Andy Reid retired tomorrow, they're not hiring Belichick. 
They're gonna hire Belichick. I, I hate to scare the hell out of everybody. Like it's gonna be, it would be Nagy. That's who would be the coach of this team. And at least, unless they completely reverse course, that's what it would be. Now maybe there's a world where if that came to pass, and they just they just said no, 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 no. Like we're gonna go a different route. Okay, fine. I mean, the idea is that Nagy's kind of like okay, he's the next guy. Now, best laid plans go to waste sometimes. Fair enough. I would I would be absolutely shocked if Andy Reid is not the coach next year. Shocked. Yeah, it's um, it is a little crazy. But what about Bienemy though? I mean, would the players speak up for Bienemy, or you know, do they all just love Matt Nagy? I know I know it seems crazy to to be talking about, but I I at least do intellectually understand the idea that Andy Reid's coached for a long time. And he's getting up there a little bit and might and might retire. The Chiefs should have some kind of plan or at least some idea of what they would want to do, even though nobody wants Andy to walk away. I just I don't know why we're even having the conversation. I mean, he's he's not he's not retiring after the season. I mean, I, I don't know what I mean, we're doing this because of one person who just cannot stop talking about it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, let's be right, that's why we're here. I mean, that's why we're having this conversation. Like there's no there's nothing that has come out about Andy Reid, there's any substance that says he's retiring. None. And Andy Reid has said in the last month to six weeks, whatever it is, like, I love being here. This is, you know, but it's where I want to be. Tracy Wilson, who's in Kansas City all the time with Romo and Nance, and has, has intimate knowledge of them because when you are a broadcast team, you you meet with the coaches every single week. She tweeted out earlier today, I think it was today, maybe it was yesterday, like she's talked to a host of people around Andy Reid, and she would be absolutely shocked if he doesn't continue to coach. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, it's to me, it's just honestly, it's a topic that I don't get. I think we just talk about it because there's one person out there who just cannot stop fixating on it, and yeah, here we are. Yeah, I think it's been a lot of push, uh, push and pull as well because every time Florio writes about it, Chiefs fans get up in arms and say you're crazy, and he seems to take it personally. Um, and so it's just like, so then he comes right back with it and seems to relish and, uh, continuously bringing it up. So even though it's driving everybody crazy, um, we can put that one to bed. What will be, will be. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of football to be played here and then we'll see what everybody decides to do. But I, I just, I had to bring up the Schefter thing. Cause I was just, I was so shocked that he was even talking about it. Like it's a, it, that that could actually happen that. It's just, you know, that everyone's just waiting for the, the conference championship game. Um, all right. Let's get into this one, man. This is a big one. Chiefs at Ravens. Uh, the the Chiefs are underdogs. Again, second week in a row. And they are uh, plus three and a half. Over under in this one is 44 and a half. It's a 2 p.m. kickoff. Um, what are your thoughts, Verderim, on the uh, on the line and the over under in this one? I think the over under is right where it should be. I think that's right. I mean, you know, it's going to rain. Throughout the game on Sunday, um, doesn't seem like it's going to be a downpour, but it's going to rain a little bit, so that might keep the score down a little bit. Plus, I mean, my God, they're the two best defenses in the NFL statistically this year. So I would expect it to be fairly low scoring, and that line kind of indicates a game that's like in the low to, to mid twenties. So that seems right. The line, I think, is fair. I mean, it's three and a half in some books, four in others. I think that's about what it should be. I mean, I, I think look, the Chiefs in no way, shape, or form should be favored in this game. Uh, they're on the road. Baltimore's had the better year all year. I, I think you know. I, well, I always like before I look at the line, I kind of guess what it's going to be. I thought it'd be three and a half points. So I think the I think the bookies, the odds makers, I think they're right on the money. So I want to talk about kind of the big picture before we get into some of the uh, like the specifics and matchups and players. 
And that is that the, the Ravens were very good in the regular season. In fact, we had um, Aaron Schatz on the show, uh, on the Wednesday show with, with Adam and Sterling. And if you haven't watched that one, by the way, as soon as you're done here, go back and watch the Wacky Wednesday show uh, because they they had a, one of the guys from the Pod Like a Raven podcast. So you can get really good insight into what the Ravens have been doing this year from, from a guy that covers the team. And then, you, of course, you get Aaron. Aaron talked about, you know, the, the Ravens were, uh, I think, the fifth best team in terms of DVOA since they've been since, since 1981. This during the season, and that they were better than the Chiefs in every phase and five phases of the game in the regular season. How much does that matter to you in this one matchup to go to the Super Bowl? Um, I, I think it matters in the sense like, look, Baltimore's been better than the Chiefs this season. I, I, but I think that when you're talking about one play, one game, like I, I get away from it. Aaron's a friend of mine. Um, he does amazing work. I, I have an incredible amount of respect for him. And I think you know, I've read his preview. He laid it out great. I think the one thing that's hard is like, for an example, like the Ravens are great on power runs. The Chiefs are terrible defending them. But like how many games this year was that the primary focus for Steve Spagnuolo? Zero. One. Right. You know, like in this game, it's going to be the focus. I mean, it just, I think that changes things. Like over the course of a season, you may not be focused on that because you might be playing Teams that you're like, all right, yeah, they might have that in their bag, but like that's the third thing we care about. With the Ravens, you, that's the first thing you care about. That is the number one thing you care about against Baltimore. So, you know, I think everybody went into that Miami game. Now, Miami's not anywhere near as good as Baltimore, but to, just to make a point, like everybody was like, oh man, Miami, what, you know, they're going to run the ball. Miami couldn't do anything, run the football. Nothing. The Chiefs just stacked the line of scrimmage and said, go ahead, do it, beat us. Couldn't do it. I think Baltimore's going to have a hell of a lot more success than Miami for obvious reasons. But I do think, you know, it comes down to like, how you prepare and what you're trying to take away. And then that of course opens up other things. And like, how do you deal with that as like a secondary concern? I mean, I think in this game, the chiefs are going to run blitz the absolute hell out of Baltimore. I think that's coming. And I think they're going to single them up on the outside and say, beat us. I mean, I think that's pretty much what's going to happen in this football game. The chiefs play more press man on the outside, according to Seth Walder, VSPN than anybody in the league over 40% of the time. And I think they're going to put Sneed McDuffie on flowers and Beckham. And I think a lot of it's going to be zone underneath. There's probably going to be a spy most plays. And I think the Chiefs are going to try to shoot every gap possible and get them running sideways. And just say, look, you might be able to hit us on a few to the outside. And we'll live with that. But you're not going to crease the middle. Now, that's easier said than done. Baltimore is great. And Baltimore is really good at being able to figure out ways. I mean, nobody ran for more yards this year than the Ravens. Ran for over 2,600 yards. Um but I think that if you're the Chiefs, like that's how you're going to play this game. You're going to you're going to drop a guy down in the box. You're going to say, "I don't care. Single high, go nuts, beat me." And if you're the Chiefs, you're playing this game that you want the throws that Lamar has to make. You want those throws to be outside the numbers on outbreaking routes. That's where you want him. Lamar's got all the arm strength in the world. He's gotten much better than he was years ago. But those are the hardest throws to make for any quarterback. Like you want him to have to make those throws. Especially in the rain, you know, all it takes is you don't have a good grip on the ball once or twice, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think. Look, I put all, I put stock into what's gone on over the whole year, but I put more stock into like individual matchups in games. It just matters more in football. You know, it's not like there's baseball with 162 games. You have this massive sample size. You have 17 games in football. 
Now, like for me, when the Chiefs play the Ravens, it matters how the Chiefs and the Ravens match up against each other. I don't necessarily care how the Broncos ran on power run scheme. It doesn't really matter to me because yeah. maybe the Chiefs didn't care how Denver ran on the power run scheme. You know, so I would I would kind of term it that way. And we see it every year with the Chiefs too that they'll they'll go up against you know division rivals who are built to try to beat the Chiefs, and they're not very good football teams, and they lose a lot of games, and then they play the Chiefs. And it's way more uncomfortable as a Chiefs fan than you would like because this is a team that's right. trying to figure out how to win games within its division. They match up a little bit better. They've got a better game plan. Um, but when the you know you mentioned the Chiefs maybe playing a lot of man defense. Well, how worried are you? Because look, as you mentioned, Ravens have most rushing yards, and that's because Lamar Jackson led the team in rushing yards with 821. Yeah. Um, how worried would you be to be playing man defense against this Ravens team and having your your corners turn their backs on Lamar Jackson and allowing him all of this room to run, which we saw him do over and over again to the Texans? I mean, I think, look, you, I mean, there's always going to be concern, but if I'm the Chiefs, I'd play corners. I'd play the corners in man, and I'd play, I'd play zone underneath with the linebackers and a safety. That's what I would do. Like, I would be, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm trying to turn this game into 9v9. I am taking out your receivers with my corners because I think the Chiefs can do that. And I am going, look, there's going to be a lot of big personnel in this game. Patrick Ricard is a 300-pound fullback that Baltimore uses. Andrews is going to be back this week. You're going to see the two tight end look with Andrews and Likely. The Chiefs are going to have to get in their base defense, which for years for the Chiefs was death. It's not now with this defense because now if you're in the base, you can play Tranquil, and you can play Bolton, and you can play Gay, or or, or you can play Chanel. Um, And when you're in base, they should not be able to throw the ball very much. I mean, the Chiefs, the Chiefs linebackers can cover, depending, especially Tranquil. You have Reed who can go one on one. I mean, I don't think if you're the Chiefs, it's the worst thing in the world. Now that being said, I think the one thing Chiefs fans have to accept in this game: Baltimore is going to throw the football. Like it's coming. Now, now I don't think they got to rush for two Bills, but like they, they're gonna they're gonna run the ball. The Chiefs have to be good situationally on defense in this game. They're going to rip off some runs sometimes. That's fine. That's what Baltimore does. But if you can get them every once in a while into second and nine, you know, because you stuff a run, you got to get off the field on that sequence. That's when you have to win. Like, you get them to second and nine, that's got to turn into, you know, third and four and a punt. And it can't be, or a field goal. And it can't be, okay, well, second and nine, and then we blew a coverage. And to the Chiefs' credit, they've been a great pass defense. You could argue they're the best pass defense in the NFL this year. But I think for the, for Kansas City, except that some rushing yards are going to happen. But situationally, you've got to play well within that. If they can do that, then I think you can live with them rushing for a buck fifty. If if you know you're you're being able to get some key stops on first down and converting that into punts. What would you say to a fan who watched the game last week against the Bills? And the way the Bills just manhandled the Chiefs ran straight up the middle on them. Chiefs couldn't seem to stop it. That says, hey, I'm really scared, Matt. I mean, we could not stop the run against the Bills. This team is even better against the run, and they have a better defense. What would you say to that? How are the Chiefs going to perform better against the Ravens against the run when they couldn't even stop the Bills? Well, listen, I mean, you should be scared about it because the Ravens can run the ball down your throat for four quarters. But I would say that it's a little bit – it's not easier is not the right word. Um, it's a little more predictable. Um, 
because with the Bills, they always had the capability of throwing the ball over you too. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Lamar Jackson. He is not Josh Allen throwing the football. Okay, I mean, Josh Allen scares you throwing the ball significantly more than Lamar Jackson does. And part of that's the way Baltimore plays. Part of that isn't even like the talent thing as much as just the way they play. But like Allen's a more talented passer, period. End of discussion. I I think the Chiefs are going to be more willing to just commit downhill against Baltimore because you know that you got to be able to get off the field by stopping the run with them. The funny thing is in that game, Buffalo didn't turn the ball over. They ran for 182 yards. They scored 24 points. Like If you're the Chiefs and Baltimore scores 24 points, you got a shot to win that football game. Like You may not. You might not score 24 or more, but like, you could. You definitely could do that in this football game. And listen, by the way, the one thing in this game, the one thing that I do think has gotten a little bit over the top, is Baltimore's defense very, very good? Absolutely. Baltimore also, like, people have been like, well, they killed Miami and they killed San Francisco. They did. If you look at the box score of those games, it's a little bit different. Like, their offenses in those games, their offense is very good. Against Miami, they give up 5.7 yards per play. That is a huge number. That is a very big number. They had 375 yards, 21st downs. All those are big numbers. What happened? The Dolphins had three turnovers. Okay? That's what happened in that game. The Niners game. Okay? The numbers in this game, the Niners averaged 6.3 yards per play, which is a huge figure. 429 yards of offense. Why did the Niners lose? Five turnovers, 10 penalties for 102 yards, right? Like, you go and look at the Rams, who they beat 37 to 31. The Rams in that game, 410 yards, 24 first downs. Like, they moved the ball well in that. And that was in Baltimore, by the way. I mean, you. I could keep keep going. I could go down the line. I mean, before Burrow got hurt in the second matchup for those two teams, the Bengals were moving the ball and doing a lot of stuff and winning when Burrow got injured, and then he left, and that was the end of that. The game they lost to the Cleveland Browns, 33-31. Deshaun Watson was the quarterback in that game. The Browns were not great offensively. They're pretty damn good. 373 yards, 24 first downs. They had two turnovers and 10 penalties and still won that football game. My point is, I think that the Ravens' defense is excellent. But this idea that they're just completely infallible is kind of rooted in, in a fallacy. Like, they have given up some big some big games. Now, they've also had some phenomenal games. Okay, they killed the Lions, beat them 38-6, to six, under five yards per play, shut them down. Beat Seattle 37-3, total dominance, completely shut them down, 3.8 yards per pass. I mean, it's an insane number. 3.2 yards per play is ridiculous. So, like, they've had some absolutely great games. I'm not taking that away from them. All I'm saying is you also look at some of these games and go, okay, look, it's not as though these teams have been totally shut down, but a lot of times the Ravens, to their credit, they lead the league in takeaways. They lead the league in sacks. Those things are part and parcel to each other. Like, if you can get teams to be in third and 15 – they're going to turn the ball over more. You're going to hold the ball longer. You're going to throw the ball into risk your spots. Kansas City's biggest thing in this game is they cannot turn the ball over and they have to avoid sacks. And the Chiefs have been great at avoiding sacks. Second best sack percentage against in the NFL. Only Buffalo is better and they're barely better. The turnovers are the big thing. If the Chiefs can stay out of big down and distances in this game, 
I think the offense is going to be pretty good, but they have to be able to do that. And that is a tough order. It's a very good Baltimore team. And you mentioned the turnovers that some of these in these in the and look, and Aaron Chats said this yesterday on the show that like one of the things that stood out to him was just wasn't just that the Ravens beat a lot of teams with winning records. They stomped these teams. Cool. But as you as you pointed out, like in that game against San Francisco, which is probably their most impressive win on the road in San Francisco, uh, they beat them right. thirty three to nineteen. Yep. Brock Purdy threw four interceptions. Yes. Um, but he obviously the the, the the those are those are backbreaking and they can't have it. But he averaged eight yards per pass in that game. He threw for 255 yards. Christian McCaffrey was able to run on them. This you can move the ball against this Baltimore defense, but what they like to try to do is they play it, they play a ton of zone. They're gonna try to confuse you about where the rush is coming from. They don't blitz a ton, but they will blitz and they just they try to confuse the quarterback. Well, yep. when you think about some of the guys that they that they beat, um, Jared Goff when they stomped the lines, he it is well known. If you get pressure on Jared Goff, forget it. Forget it. He 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 you know, he crumbles like a uh, Roman relic. You know what I mean? Like he's done. Um Brock Purdy is a young quarterback who hasn't been in a lot of big games like this, hasn't seen a lot. So he plays okay in that game, but just has catastrophic turnovers, gets confused. You're going up against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You're going up against Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo. Like they've seen it all and back again. If Baltimore comes into this game and tries to run a lot of zone, is that bad news when you got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey who have a almost telepathic connection on the football field where – Travis could just run any route he wants and get open. Um. Yeah. I, yeah. Look. You know what? The Ravens will play man. I mean, they're an aggressive style defense. Um. But you know, like everybody, they'll mix it up. And um, if you're the Chiefs, you know, you are able to gut that zone with Rice, who's been excellent in zone all year long, and Kelsey. Now, look, I think the Chiefs offensively, they've got to be able to run the ball in first down. They've got to be able – it becomes harder to pin your ears back and rush. It, it becomes harder to call the defense when it's second and five, you know, than when it's second and eight and second and nine. They've got to figure out a way to do that. And if they can do that, then I think all of a sudden it opens up the offense quite a bit. Look, one thing about Mahomes' his career, and Andy, to his credit, when they have played number one defenses, they have destroyed them. They have not, maybe some of that circumstance happens. What they have destroyed them, and I, you know, I mean, you look at that Super Bowl last year. They scored thirty-eight points. Now, listen, with all due respect to the Ravens, that Philadelphia team had better personnel defensively than this team does. I mean, that team, that Eagles team, was ridiculous on both sides of the football. And you can say, well, this Chiefs team's not as good as that Chiefs team. This Chiefs team's got a lot better of defense than last year's team, and I get it. Through the course of the year, last year's offense was a hell of a lot better. But right now, the Chiefs' offense is playing about as well as it's played all year long. Like the Chief, and I think that's – does that mean they're going to win now? No, it doesn't. You know, But I think that they're playing their best at the right moment. Now, you know, they got to go out and they got to play a really good game against Baltimore. They're not winning that game playing a B game. Well, something crazy happens. But they have the capability to win this football game. I mean, I, I think to sit there and say, you know, it's it's 
it's impossible to win is nuts. I mean, I, I, I've seen some of that. But at the same point, like, I think you also have to be real. You know, this idea that Baltimore is overrated and they're not that good, and I've seen some of that in the check. That's nuts. They're a really good football team, guys. Like, they're, they've been better than the Chiefs all year long, period. Just credit them all you want. Lamar's the MVP, and he ought to be. And defensively, they're really good, and they're loaded. They have 60 sacks this year. Offensively, they're the number one rushing offense in the NFL, and they've got guys who can get deep down the field. That is one thing they can do. Flowers and Beckham, they can hit you down the field for the big game. So, like, they can do that. But on the flip side, the Chiefs can do a lot of things. The Chiefs are a great cover team, and they get a lot of pressure. And they have the best quarterback on earth. They've got a lights-out running back. They've got the greatest tight end maybe in NFL history. They've got a, the best receiver in this game is Rasheed Rice. Like, it's, it's why I think it's going to be a really good football game. It's going to be a really good football game. I, I And I think this, to deny that or to just say, oh, no, no, one of them's garbage, it's crazy. I mean, that's an insane take to have that one of these teams isn't really good. Are you kidding me? They're here for a reason. We saw last week the the Chiefs found a weakness in the Buffalo Bills defense at the at the linebacker position, and they had a game plan to to exploit that weakness. The Ravens are healthy. Yep. How how do you think Andy Reid and Matt Nagy and Patrick Mahomes are going to try to attack this Ravens defense? Scheme tendency. I mean, the Ravens. One thing about them, statistically speaking, they're not good against the run. They're not. Um, if you look at the yards per carry they've allowed this year, uh, can I tell you that it's the exact same as the Chiefs defense? Jerry keeps telling me they can't stop the run. It's four and a half yards per, per attempt. So the Ravens, like you can run on the Ravens. Um, I, I think they're going to try to pound the ball there. I think that's something where they're going to try to, you know, take some advantage and be aggressive and, 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 and get some yardage on first down. Um, I think one of the big things is going to be, hey, you cannot put the ball in harm's way with this team. They had 31 takeaways more than anybody else in the NFL. But schematically, I think it's going to be a lot of, look, use aggressiveness against them. They're not a huge blitz team, but they get down, they get up the field very quickly. They are a very much a, a team that, they you know, like the Chiefs can be at times, but they, they are aggressive. They, they want to put pressure on you. They, they want to get home. I think that if you're Kansas City, You've got to play in a way where maybe you use that against them a little bit, maybe a little screen game. Um, you know, maybe you're trying to scheme some stuff up with some quick hitters. Um, stuff like that slows defenses down. It works. And, you know, I think there's a reason the Chiefs didn't have any sacks against Buffalo. Part of the reason was the Bills kept throwing these quick hitters behind the line of scrimmage. It's hard. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna sack somebody if the guy throws the ball in under a second. I don't care how good you are as a pass rush. So then you know the Bills did that quite a bit. And the Chiefs. The Chiefs are used to teams playing a lot of zone against them because, you know, usually they drop a lot of guys back that traditionally, if you blitz Mahomes, you're doomed. I believe this year Mahomes uh, was was just as good against the the blitz as, as, as he was against zone. Uh, but usually it's it's blitzing that is, is a death wish. And I saw this great um, sequence on ESPN with Dan Orlovsky, who's talking about the Ravens zone defense. And he said, you know, it's really about, the, the opportunities will be there if the quarterback and the receiver can be on the same page. So, and then he showed a couple of examples of, you know, Kelsey who's supposed to run a certain route, but slows down because he knows there's going to be a window and he's not going to run into coverage. And earlier in the season, the chiefs and the chiefs did this really well last year. They did it with Juju Smith Schuster. They did it with Kelsey, but then, you know, this season, you had all these young guys and Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, and they were not on the same page with Patrick. Right. And then we started to see Rasheed Rice, you know, 
Andy Reid kept saying this thing. He's he's working really hard to be Mahomes friendly in the offense. And then it really started to open up. Do you think that the Chiefs with with Kelsey and Rice, if they do get a lot of that zone, are they are they well positioned now to to have that sort of relationship with Mahomes where Mahomes is able to anticipate what they're going to do when they go off the route a little bit to just sit down in that window? I mean, you know, to some degree, I think most of this game, look, let's be real. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be Rice and it's going to be Pacheco and it's going to be Kelsey. I mean, I, I think, you know, yes, they they all have that, especially Rice and, and, uh, and Kelsey, they have that that combination that I think you're, you're looking for with Mahomes where they know where each other's going to be and what they're thinking. Um, I do think in this game there's going to have to be somebody else who does something. And, you know, oddly enough, maybe it's MVS. Like, I never thought it's that in a million years, but after the game in Buffalo, like, he's got to have some confidence, right? I mean, if I'm MVS, I do. I'm like, hey, I, I know I haven't been good all year long, but, like, now I feel good about myself. Now, maybe that means nothing. Maybe that means, you know what, you hit him for one deep ball in this game. I mean, I think – the Chiefs are going to have opportunities in this game to make plays. You do it every game. They got to hit them. You know, Mahomes against Buffalo was great. You know, he when there were plays to be made, he made them. The only time he didn't really was at the, the second drive of the game where he missed uh, Kelsey on that touchdown, the corner out. But you know, it's going to be it's going to be a game where I expect it to be fairly low scoring, physical. Kickers are probably going to be involved. Both kickers are awesome. Tucker's obviously made the best kicker of all time. Butker is not all that far behind him, statistically speaking. Um, but I think, you know, you look at it, and yeah, if I'm the Chiefs, you know, I'm trying to get Watson on a post. I'm trying to get MVS on a go. I'm trying to get Hardman on a corner. I mean, that, and, and if it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit, fine. But um, I think you do try. And I think, but you rely on Rice and Kelsey, who have that that proven connection with Mahomes all year long. We had a couple of super chats, and we appreciate everybody's support out there in the chat. There's over 500 of you, 500 of you watching right now. If you want to do us a favor, hit that uh, like button. Let's get some more fans in here to talk ball. Uh, from Patrick Grant, appreciate you. He says, "Hey guys, so proud of this Chiefs team. Our down year is the AFC title game worthy. What an amazing run! I remember Matt Castle. We try not to." Congrats, Patrick, uh, on your soon-to-be new addition, and good luck, Matt at SI. Very kind of you, Patrick. Uh, thank you. And then Siam Reddy says, Matt, what is your view on the Ravens versus Jags box score, considering tons of mistakes from the Jags? That was a that was a twenty-three to seven victory over the the Ravens. Um, any thoughts? Did you watch that game, Vernon? Do you have any thoughts on Trevor Lawrence fumbled twice and lost them both? Yeah, I remember that game very well. I mean, both teams took six penalties. The Ravens were five twelve on third down. Jacksonville's terrible on third down. They were three thirteen. Um, yeah, I mean, Jacksonville had two turnovers in that game. They really hurt them. Um, you know, they they moved the ball pretty well in that game. Not crazily, but they had three hundred thirty three yards. Uh, you know, Jackson threw for a buck seventy one in that game, but he ran for ninety seven. Uh, you know, and that was really the kind of the, the key to it. I mean, Baltimore in that game ran for two hundred and fifty one yards. Okay, they destroyed Jacksonville on the ground. Some of that was from Keaton Mitchell, who unfortunately is hurt right now. He, he tore his ACL. It's nine carries, 73 yards. But Jackson went for 97. Gus Edwards went for 58 on 16 carries. And then Justice Hill chipped in on 23. And that's what makes Jacksonville, or excuse me, that's what makes uh, Baltimore so tough. It's like, realistically, you know, they only had one guy in that game with 40 receiving yards. It was Isaiah Likely. They're, they're now, you know, 
somewhat quasi starting tight end. He's been a starting tight end since Mark Andrews got hurt. Uh, he had five seventy and uh, five catches in the yards and a touchdown. But yeah, I, I remember watching that game. That was also a game that it doesn't show up in the box score. But Jacksonville could have scored right before half, and they idiotically threw inbounds with no timeouts and got tackled at like the five yard line. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was a it was a weird game. It was a weird game. Um, and I think you know, look, if you look at the game and you're honest about it, I mean, that game was. 10 nothing at halftime should have at least been 10-3. Jacksonville made it, you know, 10 to 7. If memory serves, I think didn't didn't McManus also like miss kicks in that game? I'm trying to I'm trying to look it up right now and see if he did. I, I'm obviously a little caught off guard here. Uh he the hell is he here? Did he kick a field goal? Yeah, he was 0 for 2 on field goals. I thought he was. I thought I remembered that. So, yeah, listen, I mean, they also dropped 10% of their passes that night. So, I mean, Jacksonville dropped passes, and they turned the ball over, and they missed field goals, and they blew an opportunity at the end of the second half, and they let them rush for 250. I mean, the Chiefs are going to have to play a good game. But if they play a good game, they've got a very real shot to win. I mean, that's really where I put it. Yeah, if you look at last week, you got the upstart Houston Texans going into Baltimore. And I think that's one thing that this Ravens team does really well is you can hang with them. I mean, he, this that game was 10-10 at the half. And when it was over, it was 34-10. And I think that that's where some of these teams with less experienced quarterbacks, they can't keep up under the pressure. And this is a Ravens team that is so good that if you if you make some mistakes – they will overwhelm you and you'll look up and all of a sudden you're down two touchdowns. And so I think that's going to be really key for the chiefs in this one. They can't make the kind of mistakes they made in the regular season. This team is too good and they will take advantage of them. When the chiefs are on defense in this one, they're going to have the, the, the Mark Andrews injury for Baltimore obviously wasn't, wasn't a good thing. Uh, other than it did allow Isaiah likely, I believe is a second year player to really start to emerge. So now he's got a whole load of confidence. Andrews comes back. How I, I don't think if you look at the, with all due respect to Zay Flowers, who had a really fantastic rookie season, and, and Odell, who's talented, but obviously pretty much done. Um, Nelson Aguilar, like you don't look at this wide receiving group and, and like shake in your boots. It's not like you're looking at Miami with Waddle and Hill or anything like that, but they have two really good tight ends. How do you think the Chiefs will deal with that, particularly if they come out and they run a couple of two tight end sets? I think the Chiefs are going to play crap ton of base. That's what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to do that anyway. This is going to be a game where I think that you're going to see a lot of the linebackers. A lot of the linebackers. Um, I think that's coming. And, you know, listen, the Chiefs, one thing about them, like Gay can cover, Tranquil can cover, Justin Reed can come down and cover. If they play three safety looks, Jamari Connor can cover. I mean, they. the one thing I, I – look, Maybe it proves wrong, and that's fine. If it does, give all the credit in the world to Baltimore. The Chiefs are not getting beaten this game because Baltimore's thrown on them. That is the one thing I would be pretty shocked by. I mean, nobody's done that. Nobody this season has beaten the Chiefs through the air. Not one team. You know, the game they lost to Denver, they lost because they turned it over. I mean, Wilson was like 118 passing yards or something in that game. Allen, the, year, the, the game the Bills won, 5.5 yards per attempt. In one of the craziest, worst games I've ever seen in my life, Aiden O'Connell didn't complete a pass after the first quarter in that game. They won because of two defensive scores. I mean, I could keep going. You know, I mean, Hurts didn't have a big game for the Eagles. I covered that game. A.J. Brown had eight yards. 
in that game. The Chiefs had two big turnovers. The Lions, they won on a pick six. Those are the five losses this year for Kansas City. And then what? There's one other one. Oh, the, the Packers game, which that was the one game that even that game, I mean, Love was good. He didn't throw for 300 or anything like that. But like, that was one game the Chiefs got eaten up. They had a million injuries early in the game, and that kind of went sideways on them. I do not think that Baltimore's winning this game because of the passing game. Now, I don't think Baltimore necessarily cares because they might win the game because they might rush for 200 some odd yards, right? And that's where if you're the Chiefs, I think you play in base to deal with the two tight end looks, also to deal with the run game. You got to be good in your run fits. You got to be aggressive getting downhill. If they can do that, I think they'll they'll be in, in decent shape. But that's a tall task. That's a really hard thing. If you're Kansas City, one of the things that is is really tough, and they just dealt with this in a way uh, last week against Buffalo Bills, is in years past, the Chiefs have played a lot of bend but don't break with Steve Spagnuolo. They haven't had to do that as much this year because they've been so much better at defending the pass. When you play a team like the Ravens with Lamar or the Bills with Josh Allen or even the Eagles – with these quarterbacks who can run, it's it's almost like it feel I, for me as a fan, I feel like, man, if the Bills get down there inside the ten yard line, they're gonna score a touchdown because it's just so hard to defend with these big mobile quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson's an unbelievable athlete. Do the Chiefs need to try to keep the Ravens out of the red zone and, and kicking field goals in this one? Do you think they have an answer if the if the Ravens get inside the ten yard line? It's tough. The Ravens are one of the best red zone uh, offenses in the NFL, and it's not surprising. So. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the Bills had the best red zone offense, and the Chiefs got a stop down there to start the game, and they weren't great in the red zone that night, but they they did enough. Um, I think, you know, look, you, you have to do everything you can to take away the run. And the Chiefs are uniquely, uniquely qualified to do that because they got those corners on the outside. They don't have to help them. And they can leave those guys one-on-one on legitimate islands, and they're not afraid to do it. They're not afraid to do it. I mean, look, I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't have the confidence that Doyle does. Who's just, I think she's going to win by 30 points. <laughs> um, you know, I don't have his confidence. Yeah. But I, I think that uh, I think that this is a game that, you know, the Chiefs are going to have to play really well. And I think part of that is in the red zone. Look, you got to take away the run first and then play man and – you got to make a play here and there. You know, you bracket tight end. You know, if they go too tight end, maybe even do a little bit of a you – maybe know, try to jam a guy. Maybe, you know, I mean, look, there are, there are ways to – I mean, look, we don't have enough time in the day to do all this stuff. But, like, there are ways defensively where you can scheme it up that you force certain things. Like, you can blitz a certain guy, and it forces a tight end to stay in. You can blitz a certain guy, and it keeps the running back in. You know, where they have keys, where if this guy blitzes, you stay in and block. I mean, there are things that they can do. They, By the way, they did that years ago with Eckler. They blitzed like every third down with the guy who was guarding Eckler, and it forced Eckler to stay in the entire like, – there's ways to do that. So you can you can scheme around. You can scheme around. But it's, listen, in the, end, in the end, I know this doesn't make for great radio or podcast. Who's going to execute on Sunday? I mean, that, that really is like – they're both really good football teams. The Ravens have been the better team all year long. The Chiefs are playing their best football right now. And let's just, I mean, let's put it all the cards on the table. The Ravens are favored and ought to be. At the same point, you know, look, the Chiefs are coming into this game. This is a sixth year in a row they've been in this game. You think the Chiefs are pissing their pants going to play this game? 
I mean, Kansas City, this is like, this is what they do. They're here every single year. So I guarantee you the Chiefs aren't, aren't wet in the bed this week thinking about how they're going to play Baltimore. I mean, they, they respect the hell out of them. They better. But, I mean, this idea that the Chiefs are just so outmatched, they're the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they're not nobody. Nobody's shaking in their boots getting off the plane in Maryland. And on the flip side of it, the Ravens are confident, and they and they should be. They've been great this year. They've been great this year. But I I think it's just going to be who executes better on Sunday. I think that's who's going to win this game. You know, Lamar Jackson has been great this year, and as you mentioned, he's going to win the MVP, and he should. But one area where he does struggle a little bit and has in the past is when he gets blitzed. Steve Spagnuolo, as we know. Has has maybe more blitzes than every defensive coordinator in the history of the NFL combined. <laughs> is this a game? Do you think? I mean, sometimes he surprises us though. When we think he'll blitz, he doesn't as much. Is, is this a game where you think Steve Spagnuolo is just going to send everything at Lamar Jackson and say, "Go ahead, beat me"? Yes, yes. I I think this is a game where the Chiefs are going to relentlessly go after him in this football game, and this is not Houston. Who doesn't have the corners? I mean, Stingley's a good player, but like they don't have the corners otherwise. That's the secondary that's been beat for big plays all year long. The Chiefs are going to bring pressure. I mean, that that's the game that I expect to see out of Kansas City. Lots of run blitzing, you know, keep a spy behind it, play man on the outside, and just say, look, beat us. And he might, but I think that's that's one thing that's true. You know, I've seen a lot of talk this week about like, well, you know, Kansas City hasn't seen a defense like Baltimore. Well, it's true the other way too. I mean, I, I think you know, one thing with Spagnuolo, like he's going to put pressure on Lamar, and Lamar is a much better passer than he used to be. It's also true that this year, by advanced metrics, when he's blitzed. He is average to below average against the blitz, depending on what you're looking at. Now, again, though, I'm going to be fair and go the other way with this, too. I said it earlier about Chiefs. I'll say it about Baltimore. It's one game. Like, he might be great this week against the blitz. You know, I mean, you don't know. So, it, you know, it's a small sample size. It's kind of like I always laugh, like when you watch a baseball game, and they're like, this guy is one for four with two strikeouts in his career against, you know, Bob Smith. And you're like, who gives a shit? If Bob Smith makes a mistake over the middle of the plate, he's about to be two for five with a home run. Like that's just you know, now. If you have a sample size of a guy's had seventy at bats and he's and he's two for seventy, okay, fine, yeah, he's probably getting hit. But you know, you always see these stats. Like, well, this this these teams have not played each other in years. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? But I I do think the Chiefs will be aggressive. I think they'll try to make some plays. Uh, I saw, um, I think it was Sean in the chat, asked me how the pregnancy is going. If, you, if, you're, if you're new here or you haven't listened in a minute, my, my wife and I are having a baby. We're very excited. It's going great. Uh, everything's going well. Everybody's healthy and uh, she'll be, uh, she's 21 weeks. So we're over the halfway mark, starting to get real, starting to, starting to try to work on the nursery, all those fun things. Um, but back to the game and, and appreciate your, you asking. Um, last thing I wanted to hit on is, is when we were going into the Bills game, you know, I think you felt a little bit the same way you do about this game, which was that the Chiefs could win, but that it was going to be a, it was going to be a tall task, and the Chiefs would have to play very good football. But one of the things you said that I thought was really interesting was, you know, all the pressures on Buffalo. They're at home; they've worked really hard to get this. 
you know, they've never had Patrick Mahomes with their fans in the playoffs. The Chiefs did play in Buffalo uh, previously, COVID, all that stuff. Um, what do you what do you think about this? Um, is the pressure again all on the home team and Lamar to finally get over the hump and prove that he can he can you know basically the Chiefs are the NFL's final boss in the AFC. That's just the way that it's been. Uh, so who's got the most pressure on him heading into this one? I, I'm not I'm trying to be a jerk, but like Baltimore, I mean, pretty pretty obviously, right? I mean, my God, there's no pressure on the Chiefs. No. The hell do the Chiefs have to prove? The Chiefs lose this game 45 nothing. Nobody's going to think any lesser Kansas City. They, they've won, what, two of the last four Super Bowls, maybe the three of them? Maybe the six straight AFC title games, won eight straight division titles. I mean, Mahomes could retire tonight. He's in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't think there's uh, there's any pressure on Kansas City. There's less pressure on Baltimore than there was a week ago. If Baltimore lost to Houston, that would have been an absolute disaster. The same point, the Ravens have not won a Super Bowl in the Lamar Jackson era. They've not gotten one. This game is at home. They're favorites. Everybody and their mother has been talking about how the Ravens should win this football game. There is definitely pressure on Baltimore because the other part of this is too. The Ravens, I mean, I don't know if anybody's paid attention to this. Have you seen the amount of guys that they have hitting free agency after this year? I mean, this is this is the shot. Like, not saying they can't have other shots. I'm not saying the window's closed. It's wide open. Lamar's a great player. But, like, this is an enormous, enormous opportunity for the Ravens. I mean, if you look at all the guys hitting free agency for Baltimore, it is an ungodly list. Odell, Kevin Zeitler, Gus Edwards, Patrick Queen, Jadavion Clowney, Geno Stone, J.K. Dobbins, Justin Matabuke, Devin DuVernay, I mean, it, it just goes on. I mean, it's it, you're. I mean, they're talking about a lot of the best players in the whole team. Like, it, this is and look, even if you bring something back, I mean, Zeitler's thirty four years old, Beckham's thirty one. Okay, I mean, you know, Edwards is twenty nine. He's a running back. Clowney's thirty one years old. I mean, this is you no. Know, this is this is the time, man. This is the time. This is it. Like this is the moment if you're Baltimore to win with this specific group. So, yes, there's there's no question there's more pressure, way more pressure on Baltimore than the rest of Kansas City. And from a legacy standpoint, I mean, you want to talk about a, a, a big game. For Lamar Jackson, who, you know, there was a minute there a couple of years ago where everyone was like, okay, you know, the new Manning Brady, it's going to be Mahomes and Lamar. And then Lamar struggled a little bit, had some injuries, and then it was, sure. it was Mahomes and Al. And then it was Mahomes and Burrow. But only one of those guys that I just mentioned have gotten by Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and gotten to a Super Bowl, and that's Joe Burrow. If you're Lamar Jackson in this game, you're going to win your second MVP. So you'll have as many MVPs as Patrick Mahomes. Um, And if you win this game and you go to a Super Bowl, even if you lose, you firmly move into that, or who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and it's Mahomes, Burrow, and Lamar. You you, you move up to to the Joe Burrow tier, if you lose, yeah, you get the MVP, but you're kind of stuck down there in the Josh Allen tier of, like, you know, well, I can't get by this guy. I, I don't know. I mean, I got to be fair. If Lamar wins the Super Bowl this year, to me, the only guy he's behind is Mahomes. I mean, oh, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, he's got to get there and win it, though. If he, what if if he loses, would you still have Burrow ahead of him? Not from a legacy standpoint, I wouldn't. I mean, Lamar's got two MVP awards. Yeah. You know, I mean, what the, what, I mean, legacy wise, what the hell's Burrow won? 
couple division titles. And he's got and he's got an injury thing too, you know, fair or not. Like he's right. he's been injured about as much as Lamar. Yeah. So I mean, no, I think realistically speaking, like Lamar right now, I mean, it's you know, two MVPs and a Super Bowl appearance, like he's probably going to the Hall of Fame. Like he's probably going, right? So yeah, and if he wins the Super Bowl, like he's going to the Hall of Fame. You know, he's absolutely going to the Hall of Fame if he if he wins uh the Super Bowl. But I but the only guy right now is untouchable in that is Mahomes because he's won two and he's been to three and he's won two MVPs. I'm like, look, the numbers are insane. I mean, the numbers are just I, I don't think people really honest to God, I know it sounds stupid, but like I really feel this way. Mahomes' statistics read like if you played a Madden game on easy, right? Like for his career, he started for six years. He's thrown for 28,424 yards. 7.9 yards per attempt. 219 touchdown passes against 63 picks. And he's 74 and 22. And that doesn't even touch on the playoffs. We're in the playoffs. He has now played in 16 games. He is 13 and 3. He has thrown for 4,561 yards with 38 touchdowns and seven picks. Like, that's insane. Yeah. That is that's so far. And then you get into like six Pro Bowls in six years. Two-time first-team All-Pro. One-time second-team All-Pro. Two-time Super Bowl champ. Two-time AP MVP. Two-time Super Bowl MVP. Offensive Player of the Year in 2018. I mean, it's just to, to keep, you know, oh, is this guy better? Is it? Look, waste your, waste your time with somebody else. He is the best. He might be the best ever when he's all set. And he's the best. Nobody's touching him, man. I don't care. Like somebody else wins two Super Bowls. They're not doing it with those numbers. What he's done is impossible. And that's why this week, to me, it's almost disrespectful to him. It's like, well, can they win? Is there a chance? I mean, what are you kidding me? Can they win? Look who the hell's a quarterback. Can they win? I mean, and, and listen, with all due respect to Baltimore, who is awesome, they've beaten some pretty damn good teams in his career in the playoffs. I mean, they had beaten the Niners, who defensively, that team was the best team they've ever played in the playoffs, ever. And I and I have all the respect in the world for Baltimore. I'm sorry, you don't have that personnel. That personnel was ridiculous. And that offensive personnel for the Chiefs was a lot better. I get it. I'm not arguing that. But like last year's offensive personnel was not wildly better than this year's. And Philadelphia's defense last year was insane. I mean, there were people who were talking about that defense as like, hey, 85 Bears, 2,000 Ravens, and then Philly. Yeah, they were. I mean, there were real conversations about that. The Chiefs lit them up like a Christmas tree with Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, and we're like, "That's fine, boat race time." It's, and he was on half an ankle in that game, and they still did that. So, yeah, I mean, listen, he's an incredible player. They have incredible coaches. I would not be at all surprised if he's won this game. I wouldn't. All right, we're going to get to our final score predictions. Uh, before we do again, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that like button. Make sure you're subscribed. Hit the bell so you know when we go live. Um, we've got three quick reviews to read. If you uh, you like this podcast, if you want to find ways to support us, you can become a member. You can check out the link in the description. There's a bunch of ways to do it. Another way you can do it is by going to Apple Podcasts, leaving us a five-star review, and asking us a question. We'll read it on the show. Okay? So just I, I, gotta, I got some catching up to do. We got a um, great listener from back in December says, love it. AA is still my number one podcast. I've listened to several podcasts, but AA is my daily. Thank you for your passion and content on another subject. 
I work at a pantry and we received over 200 boxes of your favorite Count Chocula and Booberry. I would really like to send you guys several boxes of your choice. Let me know. They have a June 24 expiration date and are quite fresh. Love the show. Jeff S. Kansas City. Jeff, that's very kind of you. I know you sent that back in December. Verderam and I will take you up on that. And uh, just just DM me on uh, on Twitter. I believe they're open. And we can we can make that happen. And by the way, June, that expiration date for that Count Chocula is, is when my son is due. So I, I'm going to need... I'm going to need some food You'd be sitting there in your underwear just eating <laughs> with your hands yeah, I'll be at four in the morning. Cause I won't yeah. be sleeping. Yeah, um, I've been I definitely there. need the count to keep me up. And I, I do need to ask the OB of, of whether or how soon I can liquefy count chocolate and give it to him. Um, you know, got to make sure raise a kid, right. Um, That's true. Next up from, from duck S America's podcast and America's team. There's never any lack of content during my commute. I pop on an AA episode and listen to all their great chiefs analysis and personalities this has been the best Chiefs era. AA has played a major part in enhancing that as a fan. Uh, question, are the Chiefs America's team? You think they're America's team, Virgo? Uh Well, I'll get that in a second. But I, I have to respond to this because I saw this and it took everything I had not to kind of start laughing. Like, Luke, buddy, the, the Chiefs are not pre-Madonna as though like they're pre the singing artist. Um, pr- I think you're looking for prima Donna. As in P R I M A space D O N N A. Okay. But otherwise, you're right, man. You got them. They're not the 1980 Chiefs. So, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. That's Broke. a shame. That's, Broke. I'm sorry. Destroyed not, it, man. I had to. I'm yeah. sorry, dude. Like, I'm a writer by Like, What are we doing here? <laughs> Jesus. Come on, man. Come on. You're, you're going to come on and be that guy. Like, then you, can, you can't do that. Yeah, can't, can't happen. That's Come on, look. that's a rough look. Oh, it hurts. That that's tough. That's that's he get uninvited to Thanksgiving dinner at the family. Um, I can't remember what the hell was the question. Are the Chiefs America's team? Are they America's team? Uh are they America's team? Well, I mean, look, I think they're probably the most recognizable team in America, but also probably a lot of Amer- America wants them to lose. <laughs> so I think yeah. it's kind of a double edged sword. Are they the most recognizable team in the league? Yes, no question. Um, are they a team that everybody outside of the uh, you know, Chiefs Kingdom city limits wants them to lose? Yeah, a lot of people. There are probably some that just appreciate their greatness, but no, I think I think most people at this point they want them to go down, which kind of makes it more fun in some ways. Yeah, I always hated the whole Cowboys America's team. It's like get the fuck out of here. And most people uh, hated them, right? Yeah, like yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. When you're great, you're hated. When you're yeah. great, you're hate. We don't want them to be America's team. They're our team. They've been our team. They were our team when it was Matt Castle, and they're going to be our team with Patrick Mahomes. That's that's what we want. If you want to jump on the bandwagon, fine. And the last one here from Native KC fan living in California. Most interesting th- friends. When I listen to your podcast, I feel like I'm hanging out with my most interesting friends. I love you all. We love you too, man. Appreciate everybody for the reviews. You guys are the best. Give us some more. Keep them coming. And I just want to say thank you before we do our final score predictions because – our channel, which we we start, Verderam and I started this just as an audio podcast back uh, during the pandemic in 2020, after the Chiefs won the, the Super Bowl the first time. And in his gr- and in the next year, we launched the YouTube channel, um, and we are now we are barreling towards 50,000 subscribers. Our goal at the end of last year was to get to 20 by the end of December, and we surpassed that. We have exploded. Over the last month, thanks to all of you, over 10,000 plus subscribers added. You guys are amazing. 
thank you so much for all of your support. And thank you to our, our Arrowhead Attic team who keeps this channel humming. All right, Verum, it's time. What's your final score prediction for this one? How's it going to go down? All right. So I'll, I'll be the guy who's going to delay this for one second and say, I am going to shamelessly plug something that I've worked on for almost six months, over six months, actually. Okay. Uh, on Monday at SI.com, we are unveiling the first 10 of a 50-team list, the 50 most influential teams in NFL history. Oh, nice. Um, we put together, I put together a panel of, I believe it was 31 people, including anywhere from Peter King and Albert Beer to Bill Polian to Lewis Riddick to Aaron Schatz to Mike Tanier, Jason Cole, um, Orlando Ledbetter, uh, John McClain, I mean, you name, you know, Amy Trask, Shereen Williams, you, I, I, who's who? Okay. Um, Ernie Corsi, on and on and on and on. I mean, you know, Hall of Famers, historians, whatever. We all voted on the 50 most influential teams out of a list of like 120 candidates that I, I presented. And once we tabulated the scoring, I started writing about each one of those teams in depth. And for each team in the Super Bowl era, plus a few of the Packers teams that even predated the Super Bowl era, I went out and I talked to either the coach or one of the star players for every one of those teams. Um, there are multiple Chiefs teams on the list, so you can check that out, So one of which is very high. Um, but I talked to people if for this thing. We're talking about people like Joe Namath and Mean Joe Green and Mel Blunt and Dan Fouts um, and Larry Zonka. And, you know, Randy Cross, Darren Woodson, Ty Law, Richard Seymour, um, I, I, Phil Sims, Bill Parcells, Dick Vermeil, Bill, uh, Brian Billick, um, on and on, Roger Craig, uh, Drew Pearson, Two Tall Jones, Rocky Blyer, uh, yeah, Jerry Kramer. Like, it, this was an ungodly undertaking. And it is over 25,000 words split into a five-part series. Each day of the week is going to be a part, 50 to 41, and so on down all the way to one. It's also in the magazine that's coming out this week. Um, if you don't subscribe to SI, please do. And if you don't, um, no problem. Go to your store and buy the magazine. It is a 16-page spread. It's one of the biggest spreads in the history of the company. I'm super proud of it. Um, I would frame it all on my wall, but it would cost me about $5,000. So the magazine version is the truncated version. Because if they put the whole damn thing in there, it would be a book. Um, so if you want to read like the player quotes, we have panelist quotes for each team. All that stuff, that's all online. And then most of my writing is in the magazine where the quotes aren't because they just couldn't fit it all. But check it out online. Check it out. Uh, check it out as well uh, in the magazine. I am. Uh, I'm pretty pumped about that. So that's amazing. Congratulations, man. That's uh, I can't wait to read it. Thank you. Thank you. It uh, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was checking off a lot of boxes. People I've always wanted to interview. And I didn't mention specifically two guys interviewed for the Chiefs, but both of those guys, they're not bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win 23 to 20. Um, my reasoning is this. And I know Ravens fans in here are like, you're a homer. Hear me out. My reasoning is I think that the two best defenses in the league, statistically speaking, that's backed up. Therefore, along with the rain, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be a tight game. The Ravens have not been blown out all year. The Chiefs were blown out once. It's when they turned the ball over five times to Denver. Okay, I do not think it's going to be a blowout. My thought process is I think both teams will move the ball. I think the defenses will tighten its spots. 
for some field goals. I believe the game will be tight throughout. I think, obviously, then I think it'll be tight late. And if it's tight late, I'm just picking Mahomes to find a way to win the game. I don't think that's a crazy outlandish take. Like, the, the guy is who he is. I would not be surprised if the Ravens win. I think it's a coin flip of a game, but when I think the game's a coin flip, I'm taking the quarterback. And it's great, and I do mean great, as Lamar Jackson has been this year. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and they have been in this spot a million times over. So give me the Chiefs 23-20 to to go to the Super Bowl. I like the way you think. Um, Yeah, you know, and one thing that scares me the most about this game is it's a really good coaching staff under Harbaugh, and it's definitely going to be one of the better – uh, coaching matchups that Andy and no his doubt. staff have faced in the Mahomes era. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan's excellent as well in that Super Bowl. Um, I I also am going to take the Chiefs in this one. I'm with you. I think it's going to be tight. But I just think about that AFC championship game last year. The Chiefs just had such a hard time guarding in the la- last few years and dealing with the Bengals. And they had some stuff that they pulled out that just shut those Bengals down for an entire quarter. That's the level that this Chiefs coaching staff is at. And I think that some of the regular season stuff, and I'm not taking anything away from any of the other coaches, and I'm sure they all do this to some degree. They hold things back because, you know, they they don't want to show everything. Andy specifically mentioned it in his press conference after the Bills game that, that Matt Nagy had such a deep game plan that, that, that they didn't even get into all of it. Right. And they are one of the few teams, and I know I said this on the show before, they know, they know they're going to be in this spot, almost certainly. Big games late in the year, and they have things ready. And if you don't think that they weren't looking around the AFC all year and looking, even though they didn't play them, at the Baltimore Ravens and what they were doing, you're crazy because they get paid a lot of money to be prepared for everything. So I think they're going to have some stuff, and I think early in this game, they may flummox the Baltimore Ravens, just like they did to Joe Burrow and the Bengals last year. And it may take the Ravens some time to, to get their bearings. I think they will. And I think it's going to scare the shit out of all of us late in the game. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the same prediction that I ended up having last week in the Bills game. Chiefs 24, Ravens 23. And a really, really, really tight game. Um, and shout out to Jeremy Cochran for the Super Chat. Was Madonna part of the roundtable, Verdram? Did she get a vote for your your SIPs? She did not. But if I should have, I should have checked with Luke first. I uh, I'm sorry that uh, and, and and Luke, you did a nice job taking it in good fun. I just had to, man. I had to do it. Um, no, so I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's I think it's far more of a coin flip than the NFC game. And I, I will tell you this: for the Ravens and the Chiefs fans out there, I think whoever wins this game is winning the Super Bowl. I think either one. I think whoever wins this game is beating whoever comes out of the NFC. So this is going to be a good one. I really look forward to it. Yeah, And I know we talked about Lamar Jackson's legacy, but don't sleep on the fact that Patrick Mahomes, who has absolutely nothing to prove, he is the football equivalent to Michael Jordan. He knows he's got a chance to do something almost nobody's done, which is go back to the Super Bowl, back-to-back seasons twice, and, and go back to back in the Super Bowl. He knows what it would mean to get to uh, to get another Lombardi in his trophy case, where it would move him all time, all of those types of things. Patrick Mahomes is not going to take 
a, an AFC championship game for granted. The rest of us might be like, hey, man, like we're Chiefs fans. They've gotten all these Super Bowls. They've won a couple. We're good. Like mid-AFC championship game, we'll be back. Patrick Mahomes wants to get to Vegas really bad. And that's a deciding factor to me when I think about this kind of game. Um, not that he doesn't give his all every time he goes out there, but he'll leave it all out on the field. Um, and this might be an over-my-dead-body game for him. Well, one thing about Mahomes, I mean, any great player to that level, I mean, it it, it is always about your legacy. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you're like, you know, you're not sitting there going, hey, you know, I I hope I can prove I'm the best quarterback in the league. I mean, with all due respect to Burrow and Allen and LeBron, I mean, come on. Like, he's the best player in the league. Yeah. He's he's chasing Brady. He's chasing Montana. He's not chasing – I mean, the Josh Allen thing, I'm sorry, that died forever on Sunday. I just it's enough. It's over. Like he can't beat him in a in a big spot. And I don't I don't care about like, well, you know, who had more passing? Who cares? Who had more passing yards in in, in Super Bowl 16? Do you know? Neither do I. Who gives a shit? Montana won the game. Like, it it doesn't matter. You know, I think about Montana all the time. Like, look, his best game he ever played in terms of like his biggest win, other than the Super Bowl, and probably the most iconic is what? Is the catch game. 1981, they beat the Cowboys in the NFC title game. They had six turnovers in that game. Nobody cares. They won. And so I think, and for Lamar, by the way, it's true for him. Like, look, if you win this game, I don't want to hear anybody, if if Lamar throws for a buck 30 in this game, but they win the game. I don't care if Mahomes outplays him statistically. Who won? That's it. Like, who won the game? I think it's going to be a very good game. But at this point, the Chiefs have entered that realm of the Patriots for years, where I just look at them, and I used to do the same thing with New England. People, oh, I don't think they match up. And say, hey, man, look, I'm taking the white one. I just am. Because more often than not, I'm going to be right. You know, how many times did you watch a Pats game over the years? And you're like, you'd be in there, you'd be sitting there like middle of the third quarter, and you're like, they're going to win. They don't match up in any conceivable way. But they've got Brady, and they've got Belichick, and they've got like whoever the hell at the time, you know, Gronk or that defense. You're like, they're just going to win. They're just going to win. They're going to find – you could just see it. That's that's a display. I mean, the Chiefs are conceivable ways going to win matchups as well. But like, I just think we're going to be watching this game. And Mahomes is just on one, and when he is, nobody's stopping him. Yeah, that's just how I feel about it. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us all for all of our shows this week. We will be back on Sunday uh, before the game for our Chiefs pregame show. We'll have a brief halftime show, and Verram and I will be back, win or lose, when it's all said and done for the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs Post Game Show. We appreciate all y'all's support. Hit that like button on your way out. Thank you to producer Richard. Thank you to SI's Matt Bergeran. Make sure you check out all his work uh, over the course of the weekend and next week. Uh, And we'll see you on Sunday. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.